0: Jesus, He's a promise keeper. That's who you are. You're a promise keeper. Darkness, my God. Sing it one more time. Oh. Waymaker. Praise the Lord. Thank you guys. Wonderful, wonderful song. How powerful, how powerful. Follow me and I will make you. Follow me and I will make you. Could we go to Matthew chapter 4? Could we all stand for the reading of the word today? I'm going to get your blood pumping one more time and now I'm going to let you sit down while I preach to you, all right? Let's go to verse 18, read through verse 20 here. And Jesus, walking by the Sea of Galilee, saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and Andrew his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And then he said to them, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. They immediately left their nets and followed him. I just want to point out a portion of that quote by Jesus, follow me and I will make You. You may be seated in the house of God today. Uh, G.K. Chesterton said it this way, There is only one thing certain about man, and that is that man is not what he was meant to be. How many of you understand today, according to the Bible, we were all created in the image of God. However, according to the Bible in Genesis, uh, the Bible says that Adam and Eve sinned. She partook of fruit that she should not have partaken of. It was at that moment that the image of man was marred because... Of our sins but Jesus came to restore us to the image of God in salvation I thank God for Romans 8 29 that teaches us that God sees more than your present self he sees what you are going to become he sees more than your present self he sees more than who you are today he sees you as a person that he created you to be. How many of you are glad for that today? Because I'm going to tell you, when I look at my life sometimes, I still feel like a mess. Yeah, I'm a pastor, I'm a Christian, I'm a disciple of Jesus Christ but there's times that sometimes even my life feels a little tattered and torn, a little shattered and I have to say, God would you pull back the pieces again and work on me a little more. What I'm telling you today is it doesn't matter where you are, how you're feeling right now, I want you to understand that you are not the person that you are going to become. Somebody ought to say amen. The reason that I say that is because Jesus has already declared that he is working on us and he has a perfect plan for our life, a will for our life that he wants to make us into this beautiful person that we never dreamed we could be. The new birth, we know it as salvation. It is a moment that happens. It is a miracle in a moment. It is just like for you that have had children when the baby is born. It's a miracle. How many of you have ever seen new birth come into the world. It is a beautiful thing. I mean when it happens you oh my God you ooh and you ah oh, this beautiful, beautiful baby. Is, it's, it's a change to your life. As parents there's nothing like it. It's as if you're seeing the face of God for the first time. You understand that Jesus taught the Nicodemus and he described salvation much like the new birth. He said well can I crawl up in my mother's womb again? Jesus says no. you got to be born of the Spirit. He said in them. when you do this, you become a new babe in Jesus Christ. The new birth. I thank God for the miracle that I had in Jesus the day that I came to an old fashioned altar and got saved. Does anybody remember the time that Jesus did that for you? I was six years old. I can take you to the church today. A matter of fact, when me and the devil have arguments, and we often do, I remind him of where it was. A matter of fact, I take him in my mind. I say it happened right there on the right-hand side from the pulpit. It was kind of like this right here. And I knelt down in that little place where you come up the steps there. There was actually a door that went to our back Sunday school classes just like this church is set up. So it kind of makes me feel close to my new birth when I'm here as well but i remind the devil where it happened at folks that is a miracle there is no greater miracle than when a man or woman passes from death unto life for the wages of sin is death but the gift of god is eternal life through jesus christ how many of you are glad today you've been born again there is a new birth that takes place but making a disciple Is not a moment. Making a disciple takes literally a lifetime. When Jesus describes to us the spiritual change that we needed, He says you must be born again or born from above. Birth is the beginning point, but it is followed by a life of growth. You think about it. When you have your baby, you don't tell it to go get a job, do you? When it starts crying, you don't say, Go in there and heat up a pizza, boy. we got... You know, last night got a dominoes. You can go heap that thing. No. You take that baby in your arms. You cradle it. You feed it till it quits crying. You burp it. You do all the things for that baby because that baby is reliant on you. But sooner or later, you decide, you know what? Little Timmy learned how to walk. Now it's time for Timmy to learn some responsibilities. I am sick and tired of changing this diaper day in and day out. It's time for you to learn how to use the potty boy. He begins to grow. He begins to learn. He is becoming a growth. It is much like the disciple of Jesus Christ. The day that you get saved, I've seen people that when people get saved, they expect them to be some great superstar Christian. That is not biblical, ladies and gentlemen. When you are a new birth, you are a new babe in Jesus Christ. It takes time to become a great disciple. That is why Jesus walked with the 12 disciples for three and a half years. He was making them into what will become apostles and leaders of the church. It is a life of growth. We grow in Christ's likeness. We grow in the image of God. The image of God that has been marred by sin. It begins to take shape in our life again. It is restored in us. In other words, the closer we get to Christ, the more that we begin to look like Him. Christians today are a work in progress. Now, I know you've been to some Christians and you've got some family that's Christians and they act holier than thou. Please don't judge us all by them. You went to a church one time and they treated you like second-hand citizens. They treated you as if you were the red-headed stepchild of the bunch. Please don't judge us by that. There's people that are like that. They claim to be Christians. Let me tell you something. Jesus calls these people hypocrites. We are all a work in progress. I have not attained. Even the Apostle Paul, a great man of God, says I still have not gotten to the place that I'm going. So please understand me today. There is nobody in this house that is perfect, but Jesus Christ is making us into a better image of ourselves. Amen. Hallelujah. When I was studying, I found that the word Christian, we use that word a lot now in, in our day, but the word Christian is only used three times in the Bible. In Acts 11, the Bible tells us that they were first called Christians at Antioch. You'll see at the bottom, it was at Antioch that the believers were first called Christians in Acts 26, 28, in 1 Peter 4, 16. Those are three passages where we are called Christians. But however, the word disciple appears over almost 300 times in the New Testament. It means a student. It's Luke chapter 6 and verse 40 is the scripture that I would like to show you. The Bible says students are not greater than their teacher, but the student who is fully trained will become like the teacher. Now, can we just put... Jesus we are not greater than Jesus our teacher but the more that the student is trained to be like Jesus then guess what they will become like Jesus that is exactly what disciple means I'm a student I was reading the story of a Sunday school class and this teacher she's been teaching for many years she decides that she is going to find some way to bring an object lesson to the class She needs to bring it to life. It's mundane, so she decides one week to tell her students, this week you are going to bring an object, or next week you're going to bring an object lesson to class. And you're going to tell us a saying of Jesus that goes along with the object that you have brought. One comes in, the first one brings a glass of water and says, teacher, Jesus said, I give you living water. The second brings a piece of bread to which she says, teacher, Jesus said, I am the bread of life. The third brings a pillow and says, Teacher, Jesus said, I will give you rest. But little Johnny, Johnny always gave the teacher issues. And little Johnny decided he would bring an egg to class. To which the teacher says, Johnny, I'm puzzled. What in the world is the egg? He says, teacher, let me show you. As he cracks it on the head of a little girl beside him, Jesus said, take my yoke upon you. (laughs) We are... Students, now, if, if, <laughs> here is one of the most basic laws of spiritual growth. Listen closely. We do the following, and He does the making. I'm going to say it again. We do the following, He does the making. Listen to me, ladies and gentlemen. You don't have to make yourself. Let me go a step further and tell you you cannot make yourself. Can I go a step further and say it this way? There may be people in this house today that you've attempted to make yourself. You've attempted to work out your situations. You've attempted to get your house in order. But Jesus is calling to us today and he is wanting me to tell you that if we would just follow Jesus, he will make you into the person You need to be. If you will follow Jesus, He will work out the details in your life that you've been trying to work out and you've been unsuccessful at it. Today you do the following and Jesus is the one that is doing the making or the molding. The Bible says at once, immediately they followed Him. That's the initial decision to follow Jesus. But that led them to a life of following. And that's what I want to talk about for just a few minutes. What it means to follow Jesus. Number one, following Jesus means to believe in Jesus. We must believe that He is Jesus. He is the Son of God. He is the Messiah. He is the Lord of Lords, the King of Kings. He is our all. We must believe that. According to Romans 10 9, he said that if we would just confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus. You know, some people, we've made salvation in this big deal and it's so hard to get saved and I don't feel accepted, and I don't feel worthy. I want to tell you about being saved. The most simple thing that you can do in this world is come to Jesus. As a matter of fact, no wonder the Bible said that a babe can understand this. Oh, I got little um, Hillary and Dylan. We got down there, and their little baby running around, and he's a trip. He grabbed my. He preaches with my um, with my phone in my room in there. They sent a video to Jennifer today. He got a mic in his hand and he's just preaching away and then he'll stop. Kind of like me waiting for everybody to clap or say amen, do something. Out of the mouth of babes, every word. See, what I'm telling you is Jesus says this way of salvation. It is so simple. When I got saved, I was six years old, over there in the corner, praying, asking Jesus into my heart. Do you understand how easy it is? Romans ten nine tells us. He said, if you will simply confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, and if you will believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, you shall be saved. It does not take three weeks of a class to get somebody saved. We don't have to take them from Genesis to Revelation to get them saved. All they have to do is call on the name of the Lord. And there's a loving God in heaven that says, I will make you a new creation in me. That is the word of the Lord. So as I begin to look at this, it means following Jesus. Secondly, following means to go the same directions. Now, Now, some of you could say, I want to go to Village Inn today. Now, I can give you directions to go there, but please know if I tell you it's ten miles on this road, it's probably like two. All right? The directions are not going to be right. I may accidentally say left and you're supposed to go right. A matter of fact, I had some guys at my house the other day, and I didn't even tell Jennifer about this. They were at the end of the road. I'm out walking the dog, fixing to come to work, and they're like, "Hey, hey, do you know anybody that does tires?" I'm like, "Oh yeah, I know somebody that does tires. You just go down here, turn right, go down to the end of the road, turn right, and there's a place called Durham's down there." Well, for you that know where I live, you turn left to go to Durham's. So I got to the end of that road, and I thought, "My God, what have I done?" These people, what have I done? And literally, when you turn left, it's literally like on the left. You just can't see it because of the trees. And so I got my phone out real quick and typed tire places. Who, who can change a tire? And there was some place in Pickens on the same road that come up about seven miles down. And I said, hey, I didn't tell them how far. They just... <laughs> Keep on going, they'll get there. I can tell you how to get there or either I can get in my car and you can follow me and I can take you where you want to go. But see, when you follow someone else, you will your will to their will. Look at uh, Luke 9.23. I want to show you this. This is good stuff. Then he said to the crowd, Jesus said, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must turn from your selfish ways, take up your cross daily, and follow me. You've got to yield your will to my will. My God Almighty, that is so hard to do because I'm so stubborn. And some of you in this building, you may not want to admit it, but you're stubborn too. But Jesus says, if you are going to be my my disciple, if I'm going to make you into the person that you are supposed to be, what you've been predetermined and predestined for, then take up your cross and follow me daily. Not only that, but following means to stay close to Jesus you got to stay close in John 6:68 6, the bible said that many of his disciples turned away and followed him no more so Jesus looked at the disciples Peter James and John and the 12 and he says to them will you also go away to which they reply to whom shall we flee for you have the words of life everlasting my God help us if somebody said pastor I find myself straying well I'm going to tell you how to get back close to Jesus if you would get down on your knees and say a simple prayer I promise you there's no quicker or better way to get Jesus into your living room than when you get down on your knees and call on his name I promise you he's going to show up in your house. Getting out your Bible and reading the Word, I promise you, there is no better way that you can get close to Jesus. I read something a while back that says I haven't heard from the Lord in a while. And somebody put on the quote said then you haven't opened your Bible. Because the Bible is literally the words of Jesus Christ. It will keep you close to Him. Listen, you must be intentional in your walk with Jesus Christ. You, you've got to do something. understand, if you're married today, don't you show your love to your your wife or your husband there's no head shaking yes I'm, we're in trouble in this house today marriage canceling to be next week What I'm telling you is if you want to keep that relationship going, you got to be intentional. When you got kids, you show them love. You teach them daddy how to throw a football. If they like shooting basketball, you get out in the yard. Even if you can't shoot, you get out there and you shoot basketball with them because you are intentional in developing a relationship. If we are going to become the person that God wants us to be, we are going to have to be intentional in staying close to Jesus. Not only that, following Jesus means to trust in Jesus. If you are following in your car, if that's what you decide to do, and I don't know how it's going to work out, but if you decide to follow me today, and uh, you are trusting me, everybody understand. If I say, all right, you want to go to Village Inn down there somewhere in Pickens, just follow me, I'll take you there. All right? You follow behind me. If you don't know how to get there, we can turn right, we can turn left, we can turn right, turn left, and you go, like, huh? I don't know where in the world we're going. Well, us men, we may think we know directions, but oftentimes we don't. We're just too proud to admit that we don't. So we take, what's it called? Shortcuts. We're just taking the shortcut which is the long way. Really, in reality, what happens when I start taking shortcuts is I'm lost. There's a plain and simple, I'm lost. I don't know where I'm going, I just think that if I turn right, it's going to lead back to that road. What I'm telling you today is that's the way it is with Jesus Christ. I am following Him, and I'm telling you today, ladies and gentlemen, I love, one of my favorite verses is Hebrews 11, 8, and I must read it to you today. The Bible said, By faith Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as an inheritance, it says he obeyed him went. This is what I want you to grab. Even though he did not know where he was going. Honey, get up. Get the tents packed. Come on, boys. Let's get the mules and the camels and the sheep. We're going. Where are we going, Abraham? I don't know where we're going. All I know is that the Lord said we gotta go, and I'm gonna trust in Jesus. I'm telling somebody today, you need to keep following Jesus, even though you don't know where you're going, because Jesus is not lost. He's gonna get you to the place that you need to be. But Pastor Jimmy, I don't like the road that I'm on. I don't if Jesus love me why would he do this to me you need to keep on trusting in Jesus I promise you to everything there's a season there's a time there's a purpose there is a reason that God has you where you are right now but please remember my message if you continue to follow him he will not leave you there he is making you into something better down the road and when you finally get there if you are anything like me you are Going to turn around and you're going to look back on your life and you're going to say, Praise the Lord, I didn't understand what God was doing at the time, but now I see clearly it is 2020 vision. God was leading me there for a reason. My God, I've got to trust. And, gee, why would I trust Him? Because He's been there before. Anything I ever go through, He's been there. Any situation that I face, he's been there. He was tempted in every way that I'm going to be tempted, but yet without sin. A disciple has to follow Jesus. I want to close with my second point Jesus makes us when we follow him. Peter was changed from a reed to a rock. Now, the word Simon means a reed, it is unstable. The reed is like in the marsh. When the wind blows, the reed is easily driven by the wind. But Jesus tells him, you will no longer be this man. See, Peter had a great confession. And can I show you what his confession was? One day he looks at Jesus and he says, you know who you, they said, "Who?" Jesus said, who do men say that I am? They said, some say Elias, some are saying you're John the Baptist. And Jesus said, but who do you think that I am? And Peter stands up and says, you are the Christ. You are the Messiah. You are the Savior of the world. He says, Simon bar Jonah which means a You are blessed and you shall be called what? Peter or Petra, which means a rock for stability, a firm foundation. He says, and upon this rock I will build my church. The gates of hell shall not prevail against it. What a man of God, the powerful word of God. He becomes a rock. He is the only guy I know of that had a great confession and then in the same chapter he has a great rebuke by Jesus. For Jesus goes on and says "All right, I must die. To which Peter jumps up and says Lord you're not going to die as long as I'm here. We'll die for you. And he said get thee behind me Satan for you are tempting me to do the wrong thing. What I'm trying to tell somebody here today is we have to understand that when we follow Jesus he is the only person that I know of, Peter, that, that both praised and was rebuked by Jesus in the same conversation in Matthew 16, but yet at Pentecost he preaches a message with confidence. Do you know how many people got saved during that sermon? 3,000 people gave their heart to Jesus Christ because God was making him for that day. In the beginning, we would have never dreamed that Peter would have been that guy that would have grabbed the microphone. But when it came time to grab the mic, he was ready because God had made him. He had followed Jesus. He later died a martyr in Rome. The Bible teaches, our history teaches us that as he's leaving Rome that an angel of the Lord comes to him and says, Peter, you must die And he turns around and goes back into the city. They get ready to hang him like Jesus. They were going to crucify him. To which Peter says these words according to history. He says, I am not worthy to die like my Lord. So they hung him upside down as blood rushed to his head. And he died that day for following Jesus. James and John, you may remember them. They were changed from thunder to Thin, to tenderness Jesus nicknames them the sons of thunder in mark 317 they were loud they were passionate kind of like me they're hot-headed they were like a thunderstorm they had aspirations of power for them and their mother came to jesus and said we want to know which son's going to sit on your left and which son's going to sit on your right hand to which jesus responds and says until you can become a servant you cannot be a leader so when you guys decide to start serving and helping other people come back and talk to me about it later he changes them. They're loud and passionate. The Bible says they tried to stop a man that was driving out demons in Jesus' name. Do you know what they said about that man? They said, we tried to stop him, Lord, because he is not one of us. Anybody ever heard of a clique? How many of you know churches got a clique? Governments have got a clique. Your little circle of friends has a clique. Click. Jesus looked at him and says, Listen, in the kingdom of God, we don't have no cliques. I'm making all of y'all into the image I want you to be. They ain't none of y'all perfect in this house. You may be at different points. You may be a babe and you may be on up there about 18 years old about to become mature and become an adult spiritually speaking. But there's no, 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 no. There's everybody. It's level at the foot of the cross. Everybody is the same he says, so if this man is not against us, then he is for us. Let him do what he's doing. A matter of fact, the Bible said in Luke 9, 52, they went and preached the message. This is, it's, it's kind of hilarious, but at the same time, it's not funny at all. They go and preach a message. The people don't accept their message. Do you know what they asked Jesus to do? Anybody remember? They said, Lord, they wouldn't accept our sermon. Would you just call fire down from heaven and kill them? Now, I'm going to tell you all something. I ain't going to pray that that today, all right? I promise you. Maybe that's the way they got so many people saved. I don't know. But they said they rejected us. Why don't you just do it? But however, after Pentecost, they endured persecution with joy. a matter of fact, the Bible said they rejoiced for being worthy to suffer. James became the head of the church in Hebrews chapter 12. The Bible tells us that James died at the sword. They cut off. His head. John was the beloved disciple that they tried to kill. They could not kill him. He was exiled to an island called Patmos. You may remember he gave us the gospel of John. He gave us 1 John, 2 John, Third John. And then he gave us one of the most amazing prophetic books in all the Bible. And that is the revelation of Jesus Christ. We call him the beloved apostle. We call him the apostle of love. Jesus was simply making them. And to the people he wanted them to be. Mary Magdalene's possessed with seven demons, the Bible tells us. She has these demons, but the Bible says she's alone, she's isolated, she's fearful, she's frightened, she feels rejected, she feels isolated. But Jesus came to her. I like deliverance that is followed by discipleship. Deliverance that is followed by discipleship, that means following Christ, taking up your cross, continuing on. It will last, ladies and gentlemen. There's so many people, they, they get saved, and, or they claim they get saved, and they go out into the world, they never change their ways. When you truly come to Jesus, He's going to change you completely. I'm going to go ahead and tell you. And if your life's a wreck, why wouldn't you want Jesus to change everything for you? Somebody says, well, I'm afraid my friends are going to talk about me. Who cares? Who cares? People talk about me all the time. I had, one, I had a member one time tell me, he said, Pastor, we were talking about you over chicken today. And I said, Well, was it good or was it bad? And they said, Well, it wasn't too good. I just preach to these people. And then now what in the world? What I'm telling you is when it's followed by discipleship, the Bible said she followed Jesus. The more you follow him, the further away from your past you're going to get. Do you understand? The closer I get to Jesus, the further away I get from my past. So people that used to know this guy as a drunk. I've read so many stories of, of even town drunks or even drug lords that, that came to Christ. Alright? Everybody knew them as that. But God took them and delivered them and changed them and when He changed them they left that order a changed individual. Their people on the job no longer recognize them because they act different. They talk different. That is a sign of true conversion. And then as that alcoholic continues to follow Jesus and follow Jesus after a while they no longer call him the alcoholic. They call him the preacher that's on fire down yonder at that That church that gave his life to Jesus many years ago. You are getting further and further away from your past when you follow Jesus. Who wouldn't want to follow Jesus? And I'll close with this. Thomas, old Dalton Thomas, was changed. He was a guy that was full of skepticism. He didn't believe Jesus had had really come. The disciples tried to tell him, said "We, we saw him, to which they reply, or which he replies, I'm not going to believe unless I see him for myself. And so when Jesus enters the room and Thomas is standing there, he changes him from skepticism to faith. As he looks at him and says, Thomas, I know you're a doubter. You don't believe, but I want you to look at my side here. This is where they pierced me. Would you take your hand and put it in my side? My, my, the, the nails right here. Thomas, give me your finger. Put it in the nail holes. I want you to know that I am. Jesus, your Savior. It was at that moment that a man that said, I'll never, no, I'll never believe. Honor. I've seen some people that have been so hard towards God. I'll never become one of those Christians. I'd never go to that church. I'll never give my life. to. I don't believe in that kind of stuff. I've seen those hearts melted like butter by the power of Almighty God to which Thomas looks and says, My Lord and my God. Faith comes back to him. Well, he doesn't quit there. He continues following Jesus. Many of these guys to their death. That's how much they loved him. He would go on to India. He would become a missionary. He would die. The Indians over there, some of them got out of hand one day. They killed Thomas. Some say they put him up on a stake and just just killed him. But do you know today the most used English name in India is, anybody want to guess it? You got it. Thomas. Thomas. He left an influence that absolutely changed the world. He is making me. Paul is a man that was changed from legalism to grace. Look at 1 Corinthians 15 with me. On the Damascus road, God shines in His light. He says, for I am the least of all the apostles. In fact, I'm not even worthy to be called an apostle after the way I persecuted God's church. But whatever I am now, verse 10, Whatever I am now, it is all because God poured out His special favor on me. And not without results. Because Paul saw many people brought to Jesus. He says, for I have worked harder than any of the other apostles. Yet it was not I, but God who was working through me by His grace. A man full of legalism With a list of what you got to do to go to heaven All of a sudden he shines a light on his path Jesus does And Paul says my Lord and my God He gave his heart to God He recognizes it is not me that is doing this It is the grace of God That has made me into the man Or the woman that I've become There's somebody here today That I need to let you know You cannot make yourself But if you throw yourself at the foot of the cross In Jesus Christ The grace of God would come into your life and change you and you'll never regret doing that and making that decision. It was Michelangelo. He described his sculpting as the making of men. He called it freeing men from the prison of stone. Instead of trying to fashion a person from stone, he merely chiseled away the excess stone that he says the already existing image was within. He could look at the raw stone. He says he could see David, Moses, the Pieta, and the Bacchus. Sometimes Michelangelo would quit in frustration. It was as in the case of Matthew, which he never finished. He left unfinished. He said the stone refused to release the prisoner. So he left it unfinished. Not so with the Holy Spirit. For Jesus' promise is simple. If you will follow me, I will make you. I will make you is Christ's great promise to everyone if we will only follow Him. Don't look at me and think that this is it, folks. Because this isn't it. I am not who I will be. I tell myself that often. When I go through discouragement and old devil fighting me, And I tell that old devil, I say, man, I'm not who I'm going to be. God's not finished with me yet. God's still working on me. Is there anybody in this house that would say that? Is there anybody that believes God's still working on you? Do you believe that? Hit that A-flat over there, Sandra. Now, now, when I was a kid, we used to come out in front of the church, and and we used to stand. Anybody remember doing that? Anybody else do that, or is my church just crazy? I know they were crazy, but anyhow. And we'd stand at the front of the church, and us little kids would sing. And so I remember we used to sing this song, just a kiddie song is what we used to call it. It's really not a kiddie song, but at the same time, when I was coming up, it was. It was that song just simply, He's still working on me. Anybody ever heard that? Listen to this. Then I learned there was a verse. Oh, there really ought to be a sign upon my heart. Oh, but don't judge me yet, cause there's an unfinished part. Oh, but I'll be perfect. Just according to God's plan, as I'm shaped by the master's loving hands, feed up, let's go. Oh, and he's still working on me. To make me what I ought to be. See, it took him just a week to make the moon and the stars, the sun and the earth, and Jupiter and Mars. Oh, how loving and patient he must be. He's still working. And then I figured out this verse, and man, it just, in the mirror of his Word. The reflections that I see, it makes me wonder why God never gave up on me. Oh, but He loves me as I am. He hears me when I pray. Remember, He's the potter, I'm the clay. He's still working on me. Does anybody feel that way today? Make me what I ought to be. Oh, it took Him just a week to make the moon and the stars. Sun and the earth and Jupiter and Mars. But how loving and patient He must be. He's still working. Let's all stand today. Father, today I thank You for this wonderful congregation that You brought here today. As we have listened to Your Word today, I pray that someone today has been touched. Let them understand today the most important thing that they can do is become a disciple. The most important thing that they can do today if they don't know Jesus already, the best thing they can do is confess with their mouth the Lord Jesus right now. There's somebody today, and I'm not coming to you. I'm not embarrassing you. I just want to see your hand. You say, Pastor, that's me. Today I want to make that commitment. I'm not going to make you come forward today. I'm not going to do any of that. But I just want you to repeat after me. I want you to pray. And I want you to say, Jesus... Come into my heart today. I believe that you are the Son of God with everything within me. I believe that you rose from the dead and you're coming back again. If you believe that in your heart, the Bible says that you shall be saved. For those today that say, Pastor, i kind of been struggling with where I am. God wanted me to remind you today, just keep following Jesus. He's not finished with you yet. Somebody ought to say amen. God bless you all. So good to see you today. Hope to see you again. Shake hands and be friends.